WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week's guest is Chris Sims, the comics journalist, comics writer, comics consumer, and comics podcaster extraordinaire. Uh, Chris also bills himself as the world's foremost Batmanologist, so we decided it would be fun to pit him against our resident Batman expert, Matt Lazowitz, in a Bat Trivia contest. Uh, We also talk about filling in the holes in your comic collection via Dollar Bin, uh, his Infinity Wars Sleepwalker mini, the Apocrypals podcast where he studies the Bible, and do out this week the Merry X-Men Holiday Special, an Advent Calendar-style collection of X-Shorts from writers like Chris and his writing partner Chad Bowers, Chris Claremont, Leah Williams, Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler, Teeny Howard, and more. Uh, speaking of Advent Calendars, this month through Christmas Eve, WMQ Comics will be singing the praises of 24 of our favorite comics of the year, in no particular order, uh, so check back every day for a new entry in the calendar. Uh, we've already written about the X-Men and Batman. Uh, what indie series are on our nice list? Well, only one way to find out. Uh, check us out at WMQComics.com. Also worth checking out on the site, past guest and friend of the show Trent Seeley's piece on Uncanny X-Men number 1 uh, and how the 2018 relaunch stacks up against other era launches like Giant Size X-Men number 1 and 1991's X-Men number 1. Uh, It's a great read, one of the deeper dives we've had the pleasure of running on our site, so please read, share, and enjoy. And uh, now here are me and Matt and Chris. Uh, So uh, you and your writing partner, Chad Bowers, have gone to great lengths to keep alive sort of the uh, the dream of the 90s at Marvel. You've done X-Men 92, you've done a Deadpool OGN with Rob Liefeld, you've done Darkhawk, and now you're doing Sleepwalker. Uh, So, you know, is is this the stuff you were reading when you first got into the medium? Yes and no. I was definitely reading comics in the 90s. I mean, X-Men, as far as what we've worked on, X-Men was the big one. Sure. You know, and Deadpool, I got really into in the late 90s. You when when everybody else got into the Joe Kelly and Ed Beginnis Deadpool. Yes. I remember uh, reading about Deadpool month in Wizard. And uh, and I that's when I jumped on Deadpool and Mm -hmm. picked up some back issues. But. In the 90s, I mean, I was 10 in 1992, so I was very much into the Mm X-Men at the height of the X-Men, you know? The Darkhawk and Sleepwalker stuff is actually stuff I got into as an adult. Because when I was working at the comic book store, Mm -hmm. I would... I I worked in a, a comic book store where there was a back stock, like a back issue dollar book section that was about 300 long boxes. (laughs) And my first job at that shop and kind of the job that I had uh, through most of my six years working there, uh, I was in one way or another working with that stock. (laughs) So first it was just like, you know, bagging and organizing back issues. Then I eventually became like the comics manager of the store. But I would put together runs and read them. Like I, I, that's how I read suicide squad. That's how I read JLI. Uh, those were the first two runs. Everybody who got a job at that store put together, by the way, was suicide <laughs> squad, and justice league international, but dark Hawk was one of those runs that I put together because I knew that dark Hawk 50 was really hard to find. So we got a collection that had a copy of dark Hawk 50 in it. And I was like, well, this is my chance. Uh, and it, it's true. Darkhawk 50 is very hard to find. Darkhawk number one, you can find no problem. Oh. Like even to this day? Dime yes. bins, man. Dime yeah. bins. But 50 is legit hard to find. Uh, like 50 was, I mean, I was working there in like the the mid 2000s, you know, early mm-hmm. to mid 2000s. And that was like a, like a $10 book, uh, which I think uh, one of my old boss's most legendary uh, con moves was putting uh, 40 bucks on a Dark Hawk 50 and a guy coming over and telling him, hey, no one's going to buy that, uh, but I'll give you I'll give you a, a dollar for it. And him going, yeah, it's a uh, it's 40 bucks. I'll see you at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, which gangster back. I bought it, you know, <laughs> so. A lot of the stuff I just, I mean, I love, I love back issues. I love reading runs. 
And so stuff like Darkhawk and a lot of the 90s stuff that I think has kind of become the sort of signature of what Chad and I have done at Marvel, at least, even though we've done other stuff, you know, we've done Guardians of the Galaxy, Mm -hmm. which is very much a the modern Guardians of the Galaxy. We've done uh, a couple of different things, but a lot of that 90s stuff is runs that I really love, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, now I, I'm of the three of us, I'm sort of the odd man out in that I have not logged, you know, not worked at a comic book store. So I, I guess, you know, talking about kind of collecting these runs through dollar bins, you know, where do these dollar bin babies come from? Are they a combination of, you know, books that, you know, didn't sell to begin with and now they're getting liquidated? Are you out there, you know, looking for collections or, or collections, you know, are people just kind of walking in the door with long boxes? You know, how, how does that all get built out? Uh, Yes. Yeah, all, all 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 true. All, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, very much so. Um, I know. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it, it's uh, we obviously you know collections would come in. People were always trying to sell comics. Uh, and usually people people who aren't like you know diehard comics readers, people who read comics for a couple of years in the '90s, or their kids read comics, or you know that they. they uh, they bought a collection at a flea market because they heard comics were valuable. That happened a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Especially I had to in the 90s. Some yeah. to people. <laughs> no, like th- this is in the mid 2000s. Oh, yes. Yeah. People were buying collections from people and then bringing them in. And I had to be like, nope, sorry. These uh, continuity comics are not something we're interested in. <laughs> hey, I had a somebody... guy. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go on. Uh, no, I had thanks. a guy throw a Vampirella comic at me once. <laughs> Like physically throw? Like physically throw it at me because he brought it in and he was like, what do you give me for this? And I was like, eh, man, I'm sorry. Like, uh, it's not really one we're looking for right now. You know, we're, we're pretty well stocked up on 90s Vampirella. And he got so mad <laughs> and he goes, well, I know, I know you're lying to me. And I know this is worth something because that's a number two and that's a number three. And what he had were like two of the like of the many three issue Vampirella nineties miniseries. Right. Two different series. A number two and a number three. And probably not even like the good Warren Ellis or Mark Miller ones. Probably nope. one of like the who knows who ones. Yeah. And it's like and they were in bad shape and he like literally like threw the comic at me. And I was like, All right. Like it, like, here's the thing. I'm not making you an offer, so I'm not trying to scam you. I'm telling you we're not interested. Oh, oh. The, like, the do you number... even bother pulling out, like, a wizard or an overstreet guide and being like, here, look. <laughs> no, no. Not even worth it. I will say, as, uh, like, I am surprisingly uh, anti-back market, believe it or not. Like, I, uh, I, the, the overstreet is a Bible written by the devil, to paraphrase Frank Miller. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I will not deny occasionally leaning into a, you know, we should really buy this collection that this guy, get, you know, we'll buy it for cheap because I knew there were some, having gone through it, there were some singles in there I needed to fill a run. I will absolutely admit that. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I remember we got a, uh, we got a good... 25 long boxes from one guy. I got a full run of power company. Yeah. Oh, I was thrilled. Great run. Cause that's exactly the kind of thing I would be looking for. Cause who else is looking to put together a run of power company? Preaching to the choir. That's how I got same thing. JLI suicide squad. I got pretty much the entire oeuvre of John Ostrander at DC dollar bins. When I started working at the store, I thought John Ostrander must suck. Because those comics were always in the dollar bin. And I'm like, oh, no, th- these are actually the best comics. It's just oh, yeah. people aren't super hungry for them. We, Ostrander shopped at the shop I was working at at the time. Nice. So, yeah. So I was always like, you know, he would come in and just, you know, and I'd be like, okay, well, you know, he was signing JLA, was it JLA Incarnations, I think it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He came in, he did a signing for that. We had a comic book club when this new Grimjack started and he came in and you know, talked about Grimjack and I was just, you know, anytime we'd get in and I'd start at the bite, it was like, by the end I was like holy crap, this guy has gone from being you know, oh, the guy who shops at our store to like, 
top five, my one of my top five writers in comics. Oh yeah, like Suicide Squad is. It's it's real tough to call something the best DC run of the eighties, but it it has a as good a claim on it as anything, you know. Um, kind of pulling back to uh, to Sleepwalker, you know, was that was that another character whose run you kind of collected through back issues, or did you have to do a little bit of research before starting this miniseries? Sleepwalker was one that I had to do a little bit of research on, but Chad, uh, my co-writer mm-hmm. who I've been writing with for 10 years now, this is our, I think we just actually passed our 10th anniversary oh, wow. uh, uh, as writing partners. Uh, we were, uh, I was in a magazine article once that referred to us as longtime partners, uh, which I think is very funny. We're both married <laughs> to other people. Uh, but we, you know, we've been working together for 10 years and, uh, he, we, we both bring like a slightly different context of stuff to mm-hmm. the table. Um, Chad, you know, was more of a, a sleepwalker guy than me. So it was one that I had to go back and look at. But part of what we wanted to do was do a sleepwalker story that was – that people who liked sleepwalker would like. Because you never want to do that story that uh, someone who's like, oh, I love sleepwalker. I, I got to read this book. Uh, you don't want to disappoint that person, mm-hmm. but also I don't think I'm, uh, I, I'm mischaracterizing anything when I say that, you know, Sleepwalker hadn't had a book in a while. So Accurate. there are, <laughs> there are probably more people around now who aren't super familiar with Sleepwalker than who are, uh, you know, like I, I noticed I was reading Marvel Unlimited this week and I noticed Secret Defenders went up this week on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's the good stuff. But you know, we want to be able to get people in and offer them something that is that that they won't have a hard time getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's there's these two minor characters in Darkhawk. They're the, the dudes in the future. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. There's these two dudes in the future. And they just show up every now and then. They're in Darkhawk 50s and nobody knows about them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and they're always talking about how Chris Powell, the Powell, is the greatest hero of his age. And every time I read that as a kid, I was like, or not as a kid, in my 20s. But every time I read that when I was reading through the run, I was like, they knew that Spider-Man is also in Darkhawk's age, right? Like, he's clearly not. Like, I love the guy, but, you know, Captain America's there. Uh, There's this guy called... Thor. Just, yeah. just saying. Yeah, there's like uh, all the Avengers, but yeah, like I always thought those dudes were. I was like, what's their deal? Why do they think that Darkhawk is the greatest hero of his age? So when we first got offered Darkhawk, mm-hmm. I was like, I got to do a story about those guys. And Chad was like, Chris, nobody knows about those guys. We're not like that's a bad idea. He was right. Uh, but you know, when it comes to something like Sleepwalker, it's finding a different hook that makes it all work. And when we found out about what was going on with infinity, uh, that led us to the idea of kind of taking a grand tour of the infinity stones, you know, like, uh, and tying the mindscape into the mind stone. And so if people are into finding out more about how the infinity stones work and like, how you can go inside one with soul world. And like, if, if there's a soul world, then is there a power world, a time world? Uh, that I think is a good hook. And sleepwalker is a really good character to navigate that because by nature, he's weird. So by nature, he's, a, a he's traveling to a world that's not his own when he crawls out of Rick Sheridan's head and goes to fight eight ball, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was something that Chad with his knowledge of the character, uh, and he's he's been wanting to do Sleepwalker for a long time, so he was I think he was ready to go on this one. But me being a little less familiar, but willing to kind of like get the the sketch of what makes Sleepwalker and Rick work, I, I think we were able to kind of satisfy those two ideas, like the, the existing fans, and then also kind of showing people who don't know about Sleepwalker a a, a new version of him, a, a cool way to. Uh, interact with him that people hadn't seen before, I think. Mm-hmm. And he and Darkhawk have always, for some reason that I can't tell in my own head, have always had some kind 
of Link, other than they were both appeared at the same time. They'd occasionally pop up. I remember they'd occasionally pop up together. They were in Kirkman's League of Losers together. So for some reason, I connect those characters. And both of their original artists eventually started working on Bat titles at the same time. It's <laughs> They're connected in my head. Yeah, they'll be. They're, hey, they're secret defenders. Yes, they are. Your secret defenders ties run deep. <laughs> once secret defenders, once you're a secret defender, always a secret defender. That's what I say. Wasn't was, was that the team that Nomad was on? I, I, everybody was a secret defender. Wolverine, yeah, one Doctor point or Shrek, another. Darkhawk for sure. Sleepwalker for sure. Nomad was uh, Blaze. I think was in there. Yep, Doctor Druid. <laughs> Not Doctor Strange, Doctor Druid. Oh. Knock off Doctor Strange. Well, now Doctor Druid was also an Avenger. <laughs> yeah, so was Gilgamesh, the Forgotten One. You know. <laughs> oh, are we gonna are we gonna talk about Avengers? Uh, was that Avengers two hundred? Are we gonna talk about Avengers three hundred? Three hundred. Yeah, it's like Gilgamesh and then Mister and Mrs. Re- uh, Richards. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a time. That was uh, that's. That, look, those comics are by Walt Simonson, and that is all I have to say about that. You know, you will not get any argument from either of us. Walt Simonson can do no wrong. Yeah. Um, with the uh, with the Infinity Warps concept that you're getting to work with from the Infinity Wars, you know, crossover where they're sort of mushing heroes together into you know Iron Hammer, Soldier Supreme. You introduce Little Monster uh, in the first issue. Uh, which I have to admit, like they kept calling the character Scott. And I was like, I, at first I thought it was Scott Summers. And then, you know, that's, that's when it hit me. But um, do you remember Combo Man? Oh yeah, of course I remember Combo Man. <laughs> Cause that is immediately. He was the ultimate superhero. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. The he shins of the Punisher. Head. Uh, we're, we're we're doing this this thing on our on our site right now where we're just we just have people writing sort of guest essays about like their favorite individual issue of Uncanny and I'll you know tend to go through the issues as I'm editing the pieces and it's just I I miss ads being in comics because ads used to be some of the weirdest the weirdest shit you'd find in the book. Uh, what is your favorite issue of Uncanny? Uh, my personal favorite, I went with, for the series, I went with 303, uh, the Death of Ilyana, kind of a downer, I know, but it oh was Oh my like, god, I hate that comic! Oh, <laughs> Wait, man! No, no, I'm sorry, I don't hate that <laughs> no, comic. it's okay. Is, is that the, that's not the one where they put her in the coma, right? It, yes, it is. Oh, it is, so it's the one that has the worst cover blurb. Oh, man, now I, now I gotta pull it out. Exactly. The cover blurb is, if you read one X title yes! this month, okay, yeah, this yeah, yeah, must yeah, yeah, be yeah. it. It is the height of hubris. Well, you gotta wonder. I don't know what other X comics came out that month. That might have been true. Uh, I mean, look, that's that's fair. When I was, a, I remember seeing that when I was a kid, and that was the first time I realized what marketing was. <laughs> I, you know what? I I think I vaguely remember, and this also would have been X Force twenty five, which would have been a Fatal Attractions tie in. So theoretically, yeah. if you told X readers to only read one comic this month, you're telling them not to read the one that costs more money with the hologram on the cover. <laughs> oh, oh, intense. There's actually a reference. Uh, our, our Christmas uh, special has been announced. So this is the first time I've had a chance to talk about that. And I, I don't think I can go into super detail on it. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the, the X-Men Christmas special this year uh, features a story by uh, that me and Chad wrote. Uh, and there is on... When you open up that issue, page one of the X-Men Christmas special has a reference to that issue, to Uncanny 303. So hopefully you'll dig that. Wow, that's awesome. Now, um, that that's going to be like the advent calendar approach, right? Where it's like a story a page or something like that? Yes, it's a, a complete story uh, on every page. Every page is by a different creative team. Uh, Chad and I have a couple of different pages that are going to be interlinked. Mm. And uh, they should be really fun. I have been wanting to do if if people have followed me from when I was writing on my blog and then at Comics mm-hmm. Alliance, Christmas comics are like my favorite thing. Like even after I stopped collecting comics, uh, I would get like any Christmas comic that I saw. I would get <laughs> and read. Uh, so I'm super super excited about this opportunity. 
Where does para, uh, Lobo's paramilitary Christmas special rank in your uh, personal? Not record? great. <laughs> not, not super high for me. I'm afraid. What is your favorite? I'm curious. I, I, I'm sure I read it at some point in Comics Alliance because I am also a huge fan of holiday comics in general, Christmas and Halloween. So I'm curious. What is your, you know, creme de la creme Christmas comic? Uh, I have two. I have a Marvel one and a DC one. Okay. That are very different comics. Oh, I mean, also Claws. Yes. Uh, the Grant Morrison, Dan Mora, Santa Claus book. Uh, awesome. that, that is a series that there's an issue that is uh, Arkham City at Christmas. And then there's an issue that makes me cry like real, real life Christmas tears. Uh, but my other two favorites are um, Christmas with the Superheroes number two has yeah. a... Uh, the Supergirl story, or oh, oh, sorry, dead, spoiler warning: the Dead yeah, Man story. Dead Man that. story. Oh, is, oh, God, breaks your heart. Or, yeah. You know, heart grows it's three Alan sizes Brenner? that day. Yeah, it's Alan Brenner, like <gasps> the uh, the comics writer who has the lowest output to highest quality ratio in the history of comics. I, I, I wrote about autobiography of Bruce Wayne not too long, long ago. I mean, yeah, autobiography of Bruce Wayne is. Can I swear? Yes, I swear yes. away. Okay, I'll keep that in my back pocket. But uh, Autobiography of Bruce Wayne is fantastic. Um, To Kill a Legend. To oh. Kill a Legend is a story so good that you f- are willing to forgive the fact that it has one of the most flawed premises in the world, which is that they go to a world that has literally no heroic fiction. Yeah. Which is a, a weird thing to put in that comic. It is not necessary, but the rest of the story is so good you forgive it. it that he did that. Uh, was the Hawk and Dove. I mean, all the Brave and the Bolds he did were tremendous. Mm, yeah. So that's that's my favorite DC story. Mm-hmm. And it's my favorite sad Christmas story. Because it, it's a sad one. Oh, yeah. Uh, and all those DC Christmas with the Superheroes books are like mega sad because they're DC comics in the 80s. So <laughs> they're like, oh, Superman could be sad now. But that one it? does it, I think. Like they should have stopped making sad comics after that, because that one is the best. Uh, but that one's my favorite DC one. And then my favorite Marvel one is kind of the opposite of that story, which is uh, Sandron has come to town. Yes. Which is the uh, Jeff Parker. And I want to say Clay Man. Uh and it's the one where uh, a girl named Virginia who believes in Santa Claus finds an Ultron and makes it Santa Claus. And so she has this uh, super powerful Ultron robot that she has programmed to bring toys to all the good children. And it goes, <laughs> uh, you know, programming must bring toys to all good children. But first, the Avengers must die. <laughs> it is uh, so good. good. Yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. Um, uh, I uh, getting back to the advent calendar. I just want to make sure: uh, Are you working with one artist or like multiple artists on on your and Chad's pieces? Uh, to be announced. Oh, to be announced. Okay. I think we're going to be uh, working with uh, one one person throughout on all of our pages, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I am not sure that has been announced yet. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, we were it's both, so it's oh. somebody great though. I will tell you that. Like it's it's very exciting. Uh, Chad and I are super stoked about it. That's awesome. Um, you know, uh, I was big. Uh, we were both big fans of X Men ninety two. Obviously, uh, had it gotten to continue, how much more Adam X the Extreme would we have gotten? At least a little. <laughs> uh, I, our original idea, mm-hmm. we we pitched that story uh, that uh, second series as a twenty five issue uh, series essentially. Mm-hmm. Like that was going to be our our big meta arc was going to go 25 issues, okay. which we pitched in 2016. Like that is a thing that can happen in 2016. <laughs> uh, so we are the fools on that one. Uh, but each uh, arc, each we were going to do four issues on one issue off and every four issues would be a different plot by one of the upstarts. So we had the five different upstarts. Oh, wow. Uh, so Adam X's thing was basically going to be what you see of Adam X in that second story. Okay. Where, uh, uh, Fabian Cortez sends uh, the X-Men off to space during Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the big Adam X uh, moment. Basically what you got. Uh, but we had to kind of like cram everything. Like, I, I think it's very funny. I really, I'm super proud of that run. Uh, Alti was amazing. Uh, Corey Hampshire, who did the uh, number five and then the bits in number 10 with uh, the X-Men 2099. Mm-hmm. Super good. Uh, incredibly talented people. Uh, Chad and I had a blast on that book. 
it is very funny to me to go back and read it because you can you can mark it to the page when we found out we were ending at 10 and it's halfway through number seven when all of a sudden things start moving very very fast even by our standards but yeah we were gonna do um uh we were gonna do like a uh a 90s spider-man uh team up story which was gonna be fun we were gonna do a uh, excalibur story which was gonna be pretty neat we're gonna have uh we were gonna have in the way that our x-force was not an X-Force that existed at the time. Right. Our Excalibur was going to be a weird Excalibur that was going to have... Chad's a big fan of the Marvel UK characters, so it was going to have, like, Motormouth and Kill Power in it. And, nice! You know, that was where we were going to see Nightcrawler, and uh, it was going to be a lot of fun. We were going to bring in some some weird uh, Alan Moore, Alan Davis, Captain Britain stuff. Unfortunately, we never got to do that, so hopefully one day we'll get to, to do some of those ideas. But I will say the... Um, we are getting to do not not the ideas, but one of the characters that we really wanted to work with going back to the beginning of uh, 92 uh, is going to be coming up in something that we're doing in the future. That's great. Um, had you made it to tw- the, all the way to 25, were you going with a foil embossed cover for the 25th issue? We begged. We begged for it. <laughs> we wanted we wanted a poly bag. We wanted a foil cover. We wanted trading cards. <laughs> We were like, please, please let us do it. Uh, unfortunately, no. We did get the flaming lips and the toadies, though. So that, that, that was, was pretty rad, yes. <laughs> um, you've been writing about comics for years. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, where do you do your reading about comics now? You know, what are what are the good sites to your mind in this kind of post comics alliance era? Why WMQ Comics, of course. <laughs> I didn't make him say that. <laughs> I mean, but I'm glad he did. The honest truth is, yeah. uh, I don't read a lot about comics online. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some stuff that I read. Uh, I the stuff that Polygon puts up, but you know, I also do work for Polygon occasionally, so right. that's 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 cheating. Like I just did a, a, a article about Venom's kind of weird and complicated history uh, over there. That was very fun to do, but I think, you know, Susanna Polo runs a really good site over there, but honestly, like I don't, the more I read about comics online and this, this happened to me when I was working at comics Alliance, this happened to me, you know, pretty much ever since it became my actual job Mm -hmm. to write about comics, the more I read about comics online, the less I can actually read comics. And it's always surprising to me when I sit down and I, pull to get like I, I sit down and i'm like okay i need to read a run i'm gonna catch up on this because everything falls behind right like sure. it's it is the twisted sickness within me that means that i am ca- i'm caught up on comics i hate and <laughs> comics that i really like behind on but it's always i always forget how much i love to read comics and how like fast i can devour them like i started reading um i've been playing the spider-man game for PS4, which is great. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it made me, if you've played the game, it's extremely dance lot. It's very dance lot heavy. And of course it is. Cause he was on Spider-Man for 10 years. Right. Uh, so I was like, Oh, I should go, I should catch up on that stuff. So I went and, uh, opened up Marvel unlimited and they had like a, a, a reading order, like a dance lot, complete Spider-Man reading order. And I didn't go back to the beginning. I didn't go all the way back to brand new day, but I started in like 2010 Mm-hmm. And I blew through like five years worth of Spider-Man in in a week, you know, mm-hmm. and it was super fun. Like I, I, I love I think that's the one of the best modern examples of a run that feels like the Claremont X-Men, the Simonson Thor, the Burn FF, where it's a run that like it lasts long enough that it does all the soap opera stuff and weaves it in really well. So, I mean, that's. It, it hopefully people like to go read the things I write about comics, but uh, <laughs> I, I wish I had more time because I know that there's great commentary out there. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like one of the things, one of my big regrets of comics lines going down was I felt like for a lot of people, we were that centralized hub, uh, which was, if people don't know, that was a site that I was the senior writer for, for seven years. Uh, until they fired me with 12 hours notice and fired everyone with 12 yeah. hours notice, uh, which sucked three weeks before my wedding, uh, which was great. Was bells, man. Yeah, it was not, it was not super fun. Uh, but, uh, 
I feel like we were that site for a lot of people. And I feel like now the way that you find a lot of things is by going to Twitter and Twitter's a bad website that is, is bad. that No one should be on anymore. It, it is perpetually on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. Like we are, it, it is a hell we have all crafted for ourselves and we're all stuck there, but it's bad and no one should be on it. Well, sorry to be a downer. No, no, not at all. I just, you know, I'm, I'm just picturing that, that gift that somebody made out of that scene in Community where Troy walks into the apartment with the pizzas and the whole room is on fire. That is, that is logging onto Twitter. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I still talk to, I still talk to a lot of people who worked at CA and I, you know, I have friends that I, I talk to and I really think that's, I think that's where things are going back to because the signal to noise ratio on Twitter is so bad mm-hmm. and has spiraled beyond anyone's control that I think what we're going back to is in a lot of ways, what we had pre pre blogs, even where it was like small communities and like chat rooms and like going to talk to people on Wednesdays. Like I have my friends mm-hmm. that I, that I talk to, you know, I, I, I talk to chat when you would not believe how many texts were fired back and forth when that Michel Fife G.I. Joe book was announced between me and Chad. Oh yeah, no, I imagine. <laughs> we're super stoked about it. But you know, I, I talked to to friends. I actually went and got a poll list at the local comic shop here in uh, Durham, North Carolina. And it's the first poll list I have I've had since I quit my job at the store, mm-hmm. you know, which was 2010. Because I I get most of my stuff online because space is a premium. I've got too many bookshelves as it is. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple comics that I wanted to get physically. Um, the new Ahoy comic stuff, I'm super excited about. That stuff is great, yeah. Yeah, it's and so it's good. big, and you want that slab of comics. Uh, there's Rolled and Told from Lionforge, which is a nice little like role-playing <sighs> game thing. Mm-hmm. Like, these are things that I wanted to get physically, so I went and got uh, a pull list at my local shop. And I, you know, I know the people over there, and I really like the people over there, but... I am glad that I have a more of an excuse to go talk about comics with people. Cause I, I mean, you know, I, and obviously of course, Matt Wilson and I, we do a podcast where we talk about comics every week. So, uh, I, I wish I could say that I, I read more online, but I wish there was an easier way to find it without like wading into Twitter. Yeah. Um, you didn't, you mentioned one of your podcasts, you're a man of many podcasts, you know, you've got one for comics, one for movies, one for Sailor Moon, one for Xena Warrior Princess. One of your newest shows has you going deep into the Bible. Uh, yes. what made you decide to do that? I, I mean, have, have you been on Twitter? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, um. A lot of sinners. <laughs> yeah, a lo- lo- lot of sinners. Uh, no, a couple things, honestly. Um, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to be 100% honest with you, yeah. part of it is that. I am not a religious person, but I am a person who very much takes comfort in reading things. And for me, legitimately, that has always been superheroes. Uh, nothing moves me more on a... like a legitimately deep emotional spiritual level than Spider-Man. Like then the idea of Peter Parker being this person who screws up his life so much that he has to decide to become a better person that he pretends to be until he is it. Uh, That is something that I think about all the time. You know, nothing, nothing moves me more than the idea of this kid watching his parents die and then being like, this didn't have to happen. I should stop it. And then he does. <laughs> like the, the the idea of the, you know, Batman's story. And the reason that I love supervillains is that my, my pet theory about Batman mm-hmm. is that nobody gets carjacked in Gotham City. Nobody gets <laughs> mugged. Nobody like there are no crimes as we know them in Gotham City. There's just Joker stuff. There's just like poisoning the reservoir and like shooting buildings into space and releasing the clinch. Like that's the only things that happen in Gotham City because Batman beat crime. Crime does not exist anymore. That stuff moves me. And so I was thinking for a while about like, maybe I should try one of these things that moves other people. But what really sold it, and this is true, is that I thought I knew who the apostles were and I didn't. 
I tried to name, the, I was on the phone with Benito and I tried <laughs> to name the 12 apostles and I got one. And I was like, I really need to brush up. And so, you know, Benito is similar to me. He is a non-believer, but he has a very incredible depth of knowledge about the Bible, about the Apocrypha, about the lives of saints. It's something that he's very interested in. And so I was like, hey, man, like, would you want to, like, put together a reading list? And we, like, and we like do this. We, like, read the Bible, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Not necessarily in order, but, you know, we, we read it and talk about it. And he's like, you mean, like, a podcast? And I was like... Yeah, I mean, I guess. And he was like, yeah, if we're going to do this, we should probably record it. And so that is the story of how Apocryphals came about. Uh, that That is uh, uh, that is excellent. What was the one apostle you could name? Uh, Matthew. Oh, okay. I, no, yes. No, I'm trying to remember. Was it Peter? Most people get Peter since he was the first pope. I, yes, yes. I got Peter. I got Peter. Then I was like, I was like, okay, there's Peter, there's John the Baptist, and I got I got the buzzer on that one. And then I was like, Luke, and he's like, Luke comes later. And then I was like, I I I did not get it. I, I thought Paul was one, and Paul was no. Paul also comes in later. Yeah. Oh God, you're killing me. All those years of Catholic school, and I'm now uh, Andrew. There was an Andrew. There, there's there's an Andrew. I, I think I can do it now. I think I can do it now because there's there's Peter. There's Simon the Zealot. There's James the Less. There's John and James, the sons of Zebedee, the sons of Thunder. Uh, there's Thomas, who doubted. Uh, there's Andrew. There's Jude, the the brother of Jesus. Uh, there's Judas, of course. He's the bad one. I don't know if you've heard. He's, <laughs> he's the bad. Uh, and there's M- Matthew. Matthew's one. Yes. That's that's 10. <laughs> the, the, wait, there's Biff, Christ's childhood pal. Don't right, forget Biff. The, from Christopher Moore's book. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Steve. Yep. Uh, chameleon boy. <laughs> Lightning lad. I can name all the legionaries. I'll, I'll name multiple le- versions of the Legion. But... Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's a pretty good segue because uh, Chris, you mentioned Batman just a couple minutes ago. Uh, on your website, it advertises you partially as the world's foremost Batmanologist. Uh, Matt, my esteemed uh, co-host and longtime best friend, uh, has been sort of the uh, world's foremost Batmanologist in my life. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to challenge you guys both to a little Batman trivia. Um, very excited about this. Oh, I'm very yeah. excited about you. Bringing me on the show to take me down a peg—that's what I need. No, no, no. I, I, I frankly, people. I many uh, many years ago, my wife bought me a Batman trivia game, and no one has ever played it with me. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I bring it out, and people look at me, and it's like, no, because you just want to feel better about yourself. And I'm like, uh, yes. I was invited on a cruise uh, at the beginning of uh, 2017. Uh, and I know because I was in Mexico on Inauguration Day. Uh, uh, and one of the things that I, it was a comic con on a cruise ship was the gimmick. It was called oh, the, Fantasy. It was very, very fun. Yeah, the guy who ran that uh, ran a con in Atlantic City for two years and then ditched down. Oh. <laughs> but I'm well, sorry, uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> one of the things they asked me to do was I did like a pub trivia, like a Batman pub trivia. And so I had to make up questions. I had to make up Batman trivia questions and I sent them in and the guy got back to me and he was like, you're going to need some different questions. (laughs) And I was like, why? And he's like, I don't think you have a concept of what normal people know about Batman. And I was like, you are probably right. Like, trying to come up with qu- trivia questions for me is a different animal. But I'm, I, I will say this. I'm not great at, like, traditional trivia. I'm terrible at, like, issue numbers. Oh, yeah. I actually said to Dan the same thing. He's like, let's not do issue numbers because yeah. nobody remembers that stuff. You know, guys like you and me, it's the, the intricacy Men of such content. as us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is about the, you know... 
not about what the issue number of the first appearance of Amygdala was, but what was his scheme in that issue? That I could. Uh, you you would have me on that one because I do not know what Amygdala's first scheme was. I do know that he later became uh, Dick Grayson's neighbor. Yes. But... yes. Uh, yeah, actually, he first appearance wasn't a scheme. He was uh, in uh, last, his first appearance was in the last Arkham. Same story cool. that introduced Zaz. He yeah. was in Arkham. And it was like Bruce just kind of comment, you know, he's in his internal monologue about, you know, what he did. And then he beats the crap out of him. Yeah. When Jeremiah Arkham releases all of the lunatics to fight Batman to take him down a peg and yeah. fails. The he's, last Arkham rules, by oh, the way. Does. If anyone hasn't, like, when uh, I went back and uh, flipped through it when uh, Brayfogel passed away. Mm-hmm. But, like, that is such a dope comic. Oh, uh, yeah. that, that was. Yeah, yeah. When, when Dan was like, you know, when we talked about him, about Bray Fogel on the podcast, Dan was like, so what story would you recommend? It's like, Last Arkham. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is, the it, the first issue of Shadow of the Bat is like, if people want to, to write comics, if you're looking for comics to like read and, and figure it out, read the first five issues of Morrison's JLA. Read that first issue of Shadow of the Bat, because that first issue of Shadow of the Bat is one of the best constructed first issues of all time. And I don't think people know about it. Oh, it's that those early those early issues of Shadow of the Bat, all those Brave Fogel, those those first the last Arkham, the one off with Black Spider and the Nobody are some of the best Batman that I've ever read. And I've read a lot of Batman. Yeah. Alan Grant then, is uh, extremely good. Oh yeah. So and, so that's there's there it is there's trivia questions. <laughs> Alan Grant extremely good. Yes. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, yeah. Let's dive uh, right into it. Okay. So um, are these from Batman trivia game, or are these? No, these, these are. I just went googling uh, Batman trivia. Oh boy. All right. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna alternate, right? Do you yeah. want to go first or second? Uh, I will, I'm gonna, I'm I, gonna defer to the guest for the first question. What Batman? Uh, what Bat villain formerly worked as a zoologist? That's actually what it meant. A, uh, a zoologist. Yes. Well, uh, I, I mean, Doctor Grace Balin studied whales. She was a marine biologist. I don't. I don't know if that counts. But obviously, Orca the Whale Woman was the first one that came to mind to me. Uh, let's see, a zoologist. Um, I don't know. That's. I don't know. Zoologist does not ring a bell. Yeah, I'm. Wondering, are we going real obscure? Or are we going? This one's this one's not not too obscure. Zoologist, zoologist. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay, uh, it was Doctor Kirk Langstrom, the Man Bat. Mm, that might be Golden Age. It was not Golden uh, when he first because I mean like, he studied bats. That's dubious. That yeah, is he dubious. A, he'd be a chiropterist because he specifically studied bats. He's a biochemist. That too. Yeah. Okay. This is this is the really annoying thing is when you get people who will nitpick the Batman trivia questions. <laughs> oh yeah, this is gonna be fun, Dan. I'm sorry that well, we're that's okay. That's that, 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 that was the intention. This yours, right. This one is this one is you to start with. Okay. Okay. I'm up. All right. Uh, so Matt, how is Robin described on the cover of his first appearance? The original uh, Robin, Dick Grayson. Character find of nineteen thirty-eight. Uh, nineteen no, nineteen forty. Character find of nineteen forty. Incorrect. Chris? I... He's the sensational character find of nineteen forty. That ah. is correct. <laughs> Detective Comics ah. thirty-eight. That is it's an issue the number. First right word. Uh, all right, so back to Chris. Uh, what color hair is it believed Batman had before Bill Finger assisted Bob Kane in creating the design we all know and love? Uh, the original Bob Kane design had blonde hair and That's a red right. suit and a domino mask and those shitty wings. Oh. That's the first time my co is talking about Bob Kane because of course it is. Yeah, well, yeah we don't. We try best not to start the, start on that topic because it goes downhill real fast. One of my prized possessions is a pin and I don't know who made it. Uh, but someone gave it to me at Emerald City because they said they saw it and had to buy it for me. Uh, and it's a Batman, but in place of the Batman logo, it just says Bob Kane was a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it is an unfortunate book to discuss now due to the 
writer of it. But Chris, do you ever read um, Men of Tomorrow? Uh, uh, I owned it, but I hadn't gotten around to it, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I read it many years ago, and I wish someone else would somewhere publish the story about the old comic creators down, the Golden Age comic creators down in Florida, sitting, get, getting together around a table, and I think it was a deli, and just badmouthing Bob Kane because it's a great story. If you ever want to see something great, there's a uh, you can find them all on YouTube. But there was a series of uh, VHS tapes in the '90s that Stan Lee hosted uh, called "The Comic Book Greats," and they're they're super weird because it's in such a fascinating time because like he has Rob on there and Jim Lee and like all the image founders are on yep. an episode, and then also like Bob Kane and Joe Simon are on there. Uh, and Kirby was alive, but Kirby is not on those. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but you can watch the one with Bob Kane, and mm, you, first, well, first of all, comes off like a real jerk. Secondly, you can watch him draw, and you will see the most off-model Mickey Mouse you have ever seen. It's the best. Uh, to, to spare you having to track down Men of Tomorrow, at the end, the, these guys, they would always get together. They're down there, they're talking. One of them sees something in the newspaper. And they start is this the clown painting story? Yes. I yes, love the clown is. painting story. Yeah. But basically, for those out there who don't know the story, Bob Kane had spent some time uh, as a quote-unquote fine artist doing sad clown paintings. And these guys who all you know knew Kane and knew he was a liar and a crook um, <laughs> saw this story that said that the artist who actually painted the sad clowns was suing Kane for non-payment. And their response was, he even ghosted the fucking clowns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. And I, I don't actually, I, I don't actually expect either of you to get this one. Uh, but I just thought it would be a fun thing to look up to see if it was still okay. out there. Uh, what was the number bat fans could call to vote to kill Jason Todd? <laughs> there were two numbers. This is the kill line. Oh, you know, I, I will not. Chris, if you know this, I, I go for it. I don't, but it's uh, it's in the paperback because they reprint yeah. the ad in the paper. It's the black and white uh, back cover ad. So yeah. I was just looking at it a couple days ago and I did. It's it's a it's a 900 number. Right. It's it's like one nine hundred. It's like eight, six, four or something. Eight six seven five three zero nine. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> Damn you, Tommy Two Tone. Uh, it was actually it was it was a nine hundred number. Uh, nine one nine hundred seven two zero two six six six. Oh, that's very good. That's, that's very good. Great. Uh, all right. Uh, next question: uh, Who was Batman's first love interest? Very this first. So going back to the yes. Golden Age. Yes. Uh, Julie Madison. Yep. Correct. Okay. Uh, so to Matt now, what is the name of the movie playing at the Monarch Theater the night Thomas and Martha Wayne are murdered? Marco Zorro. Yep. Okay. Next one. What color was the original Batmobile? Uh, the original Batmobile when it first appeared was red. Yes. Okay. Matt, which is the first villain defeated by Batgirl? Oh, 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 Killer Moth. Oh, Killer Moth. Yep. Okay. I love Killer Moth. Yes. Oh, me too. <laughs> uh, Chris, what is the color of the rose Alfred breeds in his spare time? Oh, boy. That's, I mean, this is, this is a, this is a guess, but is it white? No. Okay. Matt, chance to steal? I'm going to go with blue it's it's called the pennyworth blue son of oh, a bitch that right. was a, yes that was a that was a wild guess in that it immediately popped into my head is blue and i'm like maybe that's right or maybe i'm just pulling something out but good for me okay uh matt who made the fewest appearances on the batman 66 show the joker the penguin catwoman or the riddler Huh. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. 
I'm gonna say Riddler. That's correct. Riddler. Oh, okay. The Riddler had ten. <clears throat> the others obviously knew, had more. Right. I knew Joker was the most. I I was like, okay, it's either Riddler or Catwoman. And but with all of those different cat women, it might have just felt like she appeared the least because each one appeared so many different times. Right. <laughs> uh, okay, so we are tied four four at this point. Uh, back to Chris. According to the nineteen sixties TV show, how far is the Batcave from Gotham City? Thirteen miles. Fourteen miles. Oh. Oh shoot! I should have given you a chance to steal on that, Matt. I'm sorry. Uh, no worries. Uh, <laughs> Would you have gotten that? Wrong. I, I I I think I might have. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, back to Matt. Uh, what is the real name of the Penny Plunderer from whom Batman gets that giant ass penny in the Batcave? Oh crap! I I don't know, Chris. It's it's a it's a. It's like Joe Coin. Yeah. It, 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 it's like C O Y N E. Right. I remember the last name. I could not remember his first name. That is correct. It is Joe Coin. God, bravo. Uh, back to Matt. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, which of the following. No, no, Chris. Oh, wait, no, that's fine. Why yeah. am I getting confused? <laughs> I make this game and you guys have a better handle on it. Um, which of the following artists has not drawn an issue of Tom King's current Batman run. Mitch Garretts, Lee Weeks, Greg Capullo, or Tony Daniel? Are we counting the pinups in 50? No. Okay. Um, Lee Weeks did, because he did the Mr. Freeze jury story. Uh, Tony Daniel did. I... It's got to be Capullo, right? Yeah. You're correct. Yeah, yeah, it is Capullo. Yeah, because George did the Swamp Thing issues. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Or issue. Which I have not read. I skipped those by mistake, so. Okay, so to Matt now. What year was the first Batman movie released? Wait, wait. Uh, are we talking Adam <laughs> West? Or are we talking Michael Keaton? Because... Or are we talking the serials? Because that is a... Sir, my question stands. Not <laughs> <laughs> you. Um, all right. Give me a sec. Mm-hmm. It was during... I'm going with the serial, which was during World War II. Because it was real racist. It's extremely uh, racist. Uh, 43? That's correct. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, because oh, that's got a, a really uncomfortable Japanese stereotype in there. Yeah. Do you know his name? Oh God, it's been a while since I've he was he was Doctor something. He was Doctor. My brain keeps saying Doctor Death, which I know isn't right, but it's similar. Doctor. Dr. Daka, you are correct. Uh, you get no points for that one. Um, <laughs> no, I have to rack my brain on it. Uh, Chris, what is Bruce Wayne's birthday? It's in the summer. Superman's is February 28th, or February 29th is Clark Kent's birthday. Uh, Batman's is... I was about to say June 30th. That's Sailor Moons. It's. I don't know. I don't know. Matt, chance to steal? I don't know the month. I know the date is the 27th. It's a Detective 27 reference. Mm. But I don't know the month. Am I at all right? Uh, not according to the answer that I got, but oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm honestly double-checking based on... For 
some reason I thought that that was the the gag there that it was a detective 27 thing but I might be completely off because my brain was just grasping at an answer there okay I've got an answer there uh, and I've got February 19th which I've gotten from at least two places oh there you go good to know so we could do like a president's day thing with the yeah. world's finest like to celebrate them both on the 25th <laughs> there we go okay uh, so this goes to this still goes to Matt right yes Yes. okay um, for some reason there are a lot of different circuses that come through Gotham <laughs> which one did the penguin run with for a time Um, the, well, in the, I know in Batman Returns, it was the red triangle. So I'm going to go with that. That was the answer I was looking for. Okay. Good job. Not, not the red circle. That's an Archie thing. Yeah. Okay. Back to Chris. Uh, which Batman movie finds the Dark Knight using only the Batmobile as a means of transportation, as opposed to, you know, bat, cl- bat planes, bat copters, bat submarines, bat dirigibles? Uh, let's see. It's 66 prominently features the boat and the helicopter. Uh, 89's got the Batwing, obviously. Uh, Returns has the marital aid shaped Batmobile. <laughs> Uh, that's like that's the thing. Returns and Dark Knight both change what the Batmobile is at a certain point. Uh, but he also has a boat full of Russian ballerinas in the Dark Knight, so I'm gonna <laughs> slide that one off to the side. Uh, he uses a boat in. He uses a boat in Forever, and he uses the weird snowmobile in. Batman and Robin. And I don't care enough about BVS to know if he does anything in that one. I'm going to say Returns. Uh, we were looking for Begins. Oh! I, I was trying to think if he'd used any other he vehicles. He uses a subway car in that one. An elevated train. He uses an L train. <laughs> I'll give you that. I was thinking Mask of the Phantasm. I was trying to remember if he used anything other than the Batmobile and Mask of the Phantasm. He does step on a dude's motorcycle and kick him in the face in Mask of the Phantasm. That is very true. Uh, I'm, I, I'm lagging behind, right? It's like four to six at this no, point. No, no, it is six and six. Oh, is it tied up? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Final question goes to Matt. Geographically, if Gotham were a real city, what state would it appear in? Okay, this... Delaware. Chris? According to the Mayfair Games Atlas of the DC Universe Volume 2 Gotham City, it's Jersey. That's correct. You know, in my head, my first instinct was New Jersey, and I'm always like, that's just because I'm biased and I want Gotham to be in New Jersey. Uh, Metropolis you, is Delaware. Metropolis is Delaware, according to the Mayfair Games Atlas. Uh, yes. the, if you've never, if you don't have the Mayfair Games book, by the way, it's super interesting because it's all it's it's a role playing game supplement, but it's all like flavor stuff. So it's all like here are what the businesses are in Gotham City. Here's the neighborhoods in Gotham City. It's super fascinating. Oh, it's high on my list of things to track down. I'm yeah. anytime I see any of the Mayfair DC stuff, I buy it. But it's some of that stuff. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of RPG supplements in general. Like, I mean, I love uh, the the classic West End game, Star Wars, all that stuff. But that Batman one has proven elusive. The it's it's really good, but it's also like extremely 2000. <laughs> like, it's very it's very here's what's going on in the Greg Rucka run. Uh, oh which is, yeah which is also like I, I mean it's fun that's like my favorite era of oh. knowing things about gotham city so i mean that was right out of i mean no man's land is where you got the the map so it was right out of no man's land with that that colored map of what of the different mob bosses and their little thief 
victims in No yeah, Man's Oracle's Land. Map. Oracle's yes. Map. I love No Man's Land. Oh, me too. Far and away, one of my favorite bat stories. Just because it's batshit crazy and everybody gets to play. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 what if what if Mad Max was Batman for a minute? Yeah, very fun. Uh, well, Chris, congratulations! You retain your title. Uh, I I am uh, I am glad to to have faced uh, such a a worthy opponent. The same to you, sir. Now I need you to get that piece of trash out of my ring. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna heal turn on you. No, that was very fun. That was very fun. Those are good yes. questions. And, and to be fair, you knew Doctor Daka. So. <laughs> I get a little bonus on that one. Yeah, so. you, you answered the question I posed to you. You know, you know, Matt. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't write this, but the press did a, sto- uh, a story about how Gotham was actually in like Bridgeton. If you, if you pin it down on a map. <laughs> I vaguely remember seeing that somewhere. You so, probably linked to it at some point, and I read it. So, Gotham, Gotham is technically in the Press of Atlantic City's coverage area. Huh. <laughs> Two weird things about that DC atlas. Uh, mm-hmm. One is that if, Go- if Gotham's in New Jersey, where's Bloodhaven? Because <laughs> Bloodhaven's clearly supposed to be New Jersey. Yeah. Bloodhaven, oh, yeah. It's Bloodhaven, Bloodhaven's supposed to be like Newark. Newark. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing is, uh, my, my favorite thing about it is that it puts, uh, Opal city in South Carolina. Uh, it makes Opal into Charleston, which is pretty great as a, as a native South Carolinian. Uh, see, as a native New Jerseyan, the fact that Gotham would be in New Jersey makes me infinitely happy. But at the same time, I cannot picture the O'Dares with Southern accents. It's very... If you read that run again and you read Jack Knight with basically my accent, it's very fun. Mm. I need to find them Bakelites. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to you, I'm Chris Isaac. Oh, wow. Well, as we're, as we're uh, wrapping up and, and, and as you uh, celebrate uh, keeping your title, Chris, uh, how can people follow you online if you, in fact, wish to be followed? Well, Twitter is a bad website. But I'm on it. Uh, not a lot. I mostly just link out to things that I do, but it's at, uh, at the ISB. Uh, you can find a lot of links to most of the stuff I do. Uh, I need to get in there and update it with some of the newer stuff, but it's the-isb.com. That's also my old blog. Uh, but now it's my homepage and sort of a directory of things that I'm working on. You can also find me uh, on Comixology and at your local comic book store. Uh, I've got the Army of Darkness Halloween special is out on the 24th. Uh, Chad and I wrote the lead story in that. And Benito, who's my co-host on Apocrypals, wrote the backup story. Uh, and that actually takes place in Charleston. The uh, It is the 2018, marks the 300th anniversary of Blackbeard's blockade of Charleston and Blackbeard's death. So uh, we thought it would be fun to do a story about that uh, since we are both native South Carolinians. Uh, also, of course, uh, Infinity Wars Sleepwalker is coming out now. Infinity Wars Darkhawk is going to be out in paperback, I want to say this month. I think it comes out this month. Um, plus a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Sword Quest is available in paperback. That's my favorite thing that we've done uh, in our 10-year writing partnership uh, out from Dynamite. It is a it is a video game comic in a way that you have probably not seen a video game comic before. Uh, but yeah, that's a fun one. Oh, also, um, I do an extremely irregularly published all ages action adventure horror comic called Dracula the Unconquered. Number four is out this year. Number four is coming out, uh, hopefully on the 24th, possibly on the 31st of October, which will be the seventh anniversary of the first issue. (laughs) You and, uh, Mike Kunkel's Hero Bear and the Kid come out with about the same regularity. Here's the great thing about being a comic that only comes out every other year is that Steve Downer gets two years better between each issue. Mm. Uh, so this uh, Dracula, the Unconquered number four uh, introduces Carmilla uh, and it is a beautiful comic. It's it, I love Steve's art on the first issue and the second issue and the third issue, but I think this one honestly blows them all away. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's also uh you mentioned the podcast War Rocket Ajax is weekly on Mondays. 
Uh, Sailor Business is theoretically weekly on Mondays, but one of the hosts just recently had a kid, so <laughs> it's a little bit more irregular. Uh, Xena Warrior Business is every other week on Wednesdays. Uh, Apocrypals is usually every Sunday morning, but I edit that one, and it takes me some time sometimes. But if you want to hear uh, an episode-by-episode recap podcast for the Bible done out of order, then listen to Apocrypals. It's very fun. We did Judith this week, and that book rules. So, uh, yeah, that I think that's it. Uh, also, I have a, it's not it. I'm sorry. I also have a bi-weekly column at Looper. If you ever read what I did on Ask Chris at Comics Alliance, uh, I have a new column called That's What's Up. Uh, I do it every other Friday and it's very similar. I take a question from a reader and I sort of expand it out. The most recent one I did was on Batman and religion, uh, kind of springboarding off the uh, Tom King issue where Batman talked about uh, how he used to believe in God and then he found something else to believe in. And that thing was Batman, which is very important to me as a as a Batman fan. Uh, so I wrote about that for a while and talked about the sort of interaction between superheroes and religion. That, I think, is the best column I've written there so far. And it was also my 50th. So uh, do check that out. That is a super fun site to work for. If you, unlike me, would like to read about comics online. That's it. I'm sorry. That's all my plugs. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. Um Chris, yeah, thank you so much for for doing the show and uh, playing along. I got a lot of of things going on. I don't (laughs) sleep. Who needs it? (laughs) Sleep, that is. Um, All right, Chris, thanks a lot. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at WMQComics.com, where new episodes move Monday mornings. You can support WMQ&A and WMQComics.com at patreon.com slash wmqcomics where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes and the ability to promote your work on our site and two dollars gets you a weekly shout out on the podcast you can follow wmq comics on twitter and facebook and you can follow me on twitter at daniel p grote and matt lazowitz at matt Laz 1013 finally check out wmqcomics.com for all your comics news previews reviews interviews and plain old views and we'll see you next time W-N-Q-A. W-N-Q-A.